With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote at Geico.com. Easy. The most hated jeweler in America is excited to introduce you to someone very special. She's beautiful, classy, and she's brilliant. She will dazzle you. People can't stop staring at her. Meet Krista. She's easy. Wait, what? Krista is Steven Singer's most loved engagement ring and takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, 100% eye flawless, near colorless, high quality, round, brilliant cut diamond, expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany setting that will withstand the test of time. Krista is available. She's ready for love and ready to meet you. Steven Singer isn't in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. This magnificent full one carat round, brilliant cut diamond is only $31.98. Real jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Plus, free shipping and 12 months interest-free financing. Steven's showroom is open by appointment only. Or go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on the Krista Ready for Love Engagement Ring. Steven Singer Jewelers, real jewelry, real experts for your real love. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, Double A, the enforcer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the master of the Spine Buster. Ladies and gentlemen, Arn. Arn, how are you, kind sir? Not only are you listening, you're now looking at Arn, too. What do you think? <laughs> I like what I see, kind sir. I, I like the, uh, I got, I don't know that I've ever done, let's check this out. I went for something and I guess you're, you're going, you're going under, you're not going over here. You've got an Arn Anderson figure over here on the right, uh, but it's under a pile of rubble. I think that, uh, the, Bullshit. The, Bullshit. The, that's it. Cut it off. Cut, cut it. Cut. I'm, t- I'm tired of being under a pile of anything. I just, I wanted to know, like, how did Michael Hayes get on top of you? How did Lex Luger get on top of you? I don't know how that even happened. I'll tell you, it truly is the end of the world. Well, Biblical end of the world, not figuratively. I didn't figure your, your figure would, would really mind. I mean, you put them over in real life. What's wrong with putting them over in plastic? I don't know that I ever have. Oh, Luger never beat you. Oh, Luger did. Yeah. (laughs) I don't I don't know that Michael has. No, no, no. I, I, I 
didn't mean to put that on you. Come on now. He could have. Probably not. Everybody speak me. Well, we're hoping that we can, uh, beat you up a little bit today because we've got a, a fun show. It's hashtag ask aren't anything. We have a great time with these every week. And as you mentioned, now the video is available on adfreeshows.com. Uh, so, uh, maybe one of these days I'll actually be able to present you a virtual cheeseburger and we can debate that since unbelievably that's one of the most debated things on our show. Stale. Well, maybe not today. Let's jump into it and see what's doing. Nick wants to know. Of the three female horseman managers, woman, Liz, and Deborah, which was your favorite to have with you? Woman. Yeah. That's no brainer. Nancy was made for this business. You know, she just had it. She had the look. She had that sultry, evil, could talk you out of anything, your wallet, whatever, everything in your wallet, the keys to your car. Hey, go buy me a fur coat. She had that sparkle about her and she was meant to be in this business. That's for sure. Scott Murphy has a great question. I'm not sure if this has been asked already, but hearing that, uh, we heard the first day of training, they always put you through the ringer. How was your first day and what made you come back for the second day? Training. Yep. Because I was actually taking the first step of something I'd wanted to do since I was eight years old, that possessed me. It controlled my every thought. All I wanted to be, there was never a time that I wanted to be the president, police officer, lawyer, doctor. You know, I didn't want to be any of those things, pro football player, pro baseball player, nothing. I wanted to be a wrestler from the time I was eight years old up until day. Today, I wish I, I wish today there was some way I could be a wrestler. It's the greatest thing in the world. Uh, Oyvind wants to know what are Arn's top three factions or groups besides the Horsemen? Huh? Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, I would think that's the one that gets the least pressed, and it was just because of the way things shook out later on in everybody's careers. Uh, yeah, I, I think Dangerous Alliance got to be got to be on top. Um, now, is this ones that I was in? No, or? just your favorites. Let's remove Dangerous Alliance, and let's just in say, general. in general, you know, I mean, listen, a lot of people listening to this are going to expect you to say the NWO and DX. I have a suspicion that's not going to make the list, but. Let's remove you from the equation. It's not horseman. It's not dangerous Alliance. Let's pick three others. Hmm. I like the Wyatt's. There you go. Like those guys like the shield. Mm -hmm. Thought they brought a lot to the table. And just for me being able to sit around and laugh my ass off at Robert Fuller, every time I was uh, at work. How about the stud stable? Not mad at it. I like it. I am curious. Buckhouse Buck. It was funny as hell too. I don't know if you've been around him very much. No, believe it or not. That's actually one of the wrestlers that my dad remembers the most. And my dad grew up watching, uh, wrestling in Montgomery. So it would have been the old continental. So every now and again, my dad will just be randomly telling an old story about wrestling and 
he'll drop a Harley race reference or occasionally a Jimmy golden reference. I think Jimmy golden was one of my favorites, uh, of my dad's back in the day. He was a, if you've never seen him work as Jimmy golden, he's a tremendous performer, Babyface, tremendous performer. One of those that you go back and you went, damn, how did I not know about this guy? It's kind of like Jerry Stubbs. Right. Well, because they stayed in the same place the entire time. That's why you don't know. I am curious your opinion of the, uh, the group evolution. A lot of people, uh, thought that was sort of, uh, triple H's homage to the four horsemen, uh, with flair in the sometimes JJ Dillon role. Um, what do you think of, of evolution as a concept? Well, you know, I named him. I do you know that you told, I think you've told us that on the show before. I'll probably tell you another time or two, just to be clear. And, and the goal, I think this, this goal, and this group of guys, there was a decision on, uh, you know, Vance had us all in there when he listened to us. This was back at a time prior to Randy or Batista or Cena getting their push. And he had all this group of new talent that he had brought in and, and from, you know, the schools and WCW and all that. And he said, who, guys, who are going to be our stars for, of tomorrow? Who do you guys think so far that, that have it? And it was Cena, Randy, and Dave. That's what everyone pretty much agreed on. So Cena was going to be split off by himself. And I think the company saw an opportunity to take Dave and Randy, who needed to have more seasoned talent guiding them, which could be Hunter and Rick. And they saw an opportunity to, because those guys looked like a tree and dollars together when they came through that curtain, all four of them and addressed to the nines and, uh, it was just a good combination of old and new. Uh, and you had a chance to get a couple of new guys over really quickly. And it, I thought that concept worked. I thought those guys worked really well together and, uh, it worked. The most hated jeweler in America is excited to introduce you to someone very special. She's beautiful, classy, and she's brilliant. She will dazzle you. People can't stop staring at her. Meet Krista. She's easy. Wait, what? Krista is Steven Singer's most loved engagement ring and takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, 100% eye flawless, near colorless, high quality, round, brilliant cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany setting that will withstand the test of time. Krista is available. She's ready for love and ready to meet you. Steven Singer isn't in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. This magnificent full one carat round, brilliant cut diamond is only 3198. Real jewelry doesn't have to be expensive plus free shipping and 12 months interest-free financing. Steven's showroom is open by appointment only or go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on the Krista ready for love engagement ring. Steven Singer Jewelers, real jewelry, real experts for your real love. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. What about uh, David Esparza here? He says, has Arn or anyone he's ever wrestled with experienced a leg cramp in the middle of a match? If so, what's protocol for getting through it and finishing the match? 
Well, it would depend on what part of the leg, but it's going to sound funny to you, but let's just say a guy's got a hamstring cramp and he lets they let you know, Hey, I got to hang on here. I got a, a hamstring cramp. I would step on his ankle. I would grab the ankle of the other leg that was cramping and I would stretch it straight up over his head. And you thought, I was working on his leg and what I was doing was stretching his cramp out. There you go. And now that you picture it, it would be easier for you to go. If you had that information, Oh, I see what's going on there. Mm -hmm. We take care of each other out there, Conrad. It's like, there's a golden rule in our business. I hope it still applies. And it's the reason for the handshake. Every time you come in the locker room, even though you saw these guys yesterday and the day before and the day before, and you shook their hand those days, our golden rule is we will go to the ring. We will do our thing. And I will return you to your family in the same condition that I found you, which is safe. That's what we do. Take care of each other or we should. Well said kind sir. FL four K wants to know. My question is, have you ever worked with Dennis stamp? He's intrigued me ever since I saw him in beyond the mat. He's one of those guys that I used to watch on Chattanooga TV, which made me want to be a wrestler. I wow. remember Dennis Stamp was tremendous. I mean, he wasn't one of my favorites at that particular time, but even then as a kid, I could look at him and go, he's good. That guy's got talent. Kuma wants to know, do you think there's a place for super heavyweights on television wrestling these days? The likes of a Yokozuna or viscera, uh, 550 pound wrestlers seem more and more rare. Uh, this comes to us from Kuma who, uh, believe it or not is uh, a wrestler across the pond. He himself is a big boy, uh, looking to be, uh, I don't know, in the 500 pound range. Do you think wow. that we'll, that we'll see fellas like that in uh, American rings on TV anytime soon? I wouldn't rule it out, but I would suggest there's, uh, if you are looking at this business as an occupation, there's only room for one, mm. you know, they're kind of in a unique separate category, you know, and if you get a guy that size, it, once he's in the ring can move pretty well, then it's impressive, you know, got a big guy moving like that. It's just very difficult to find contests for them because you can't bump them around. Right. Once it, once they go down it's going to be an issue getting back up, I would think. And you can't have one of those guys just run through your roster. So it's a little problematic, but I would not let anybody uh, discourage me if that was my dream. And I'm not trying to do that with you. Uh, nobody could tell me I couldn't make it. I won't tell you, you can't. I'm just saying there are not a lot of slots for a lot of guys that are super heavyweights. KC, the random guy wants to know if Aaron watches impact wrestling. If so, who are some of his favorite wrestlers with the company? I know, uh, in real life, you're uh pals with Heath Slater. So I'm sure that you've checked out some of his stuff there. Yeah. He hasn't had a chance to get rolling yet. He got hurt almost right away. Did yes, you know he, that? yes, he did. And pretty bad. So I think he'll do well there. He's a very talented guy. I gotta be honest with you. I don't watch a lot of wrestling when I'm off. I try to concentrate on just our product and our product alone without getting 
so many outside influences because we want to be different. AEW, we want to be different than everybody else. And I want to lend my stuff to the right guy to where it enhances his character. And I don't want it to be, well, oh, that's, that's Art Anderson's influence on the guy. You know, it should be things that help him without being so obvious that it's something that I showed him. So, um, I don't watch a lot of wrestling getting back to your question. Uh, I'm sorry to say, I'm sure they've got some tremendous talent working there. This is an interesting one because you and I have talked about it, I think off air, but we haven't on air, but we got it a lot of different ways this week. Has Arn seen the undertaker's appearance on hot ones where he referenced Arn as being the greatest technical wrestler he ever saw. I did. And it was sent to me by a friend of mine, Conrad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, it might have slipped by. But I guess Taker was was himself on this particular interview. Yep. Uh, Mark Calloway. It was Mark Calloway, and they asked him who was the best technical wrestler that you ever saw. Now, that was a list of guys that he's worked with from WWF and then E that reads like a who, who, who's who of the wrestling industry. He could have put anybody's name in that slot and, you know, we would have taken it as gospel would have been his opinion. And it would have went, wow. Yeah, I can see that some way, somehow, I don't know my name came out of his mouth. And if you're a wrestler that's been around the last 38 years, like I have, and you've watched the evolution of the business and the incredible talent that's came in and out for that man to say that about me is the greatest compliment I've ever had in the history of my life. Because I know that it wasn't coerced. I know that it's what he truly felt. And I'm so honored that he's just said that. And again, it's one man's opinion that it's something that I'll take to my grave. Well, it's a great compliment. Uh, well-deserved. And I think everybody who listens to this agrees with that. Uh, but it's cool to know that, uh, you know, that was a real moment for you. You know, there's so much gaga and nonsense and bullshit that we talk about here on the show. It's cool that, uh, every now and again, we're reminded of the great honor and respect that comes within this same profession that does have a lot of gaga and nonsense and bullshit, but high praise like that from the undertaker. That's a big deal. Uh, There are a lot of things wrong with this business and, uh, There are a lot of things that are right about it and, uh, the way we feel about each other and the, you know, the family feeling that that it's still there in a lot of cases. Um, it just feels good to have something so unexpected fall in your lap like that, because that I have nothing but the most respect and, uh, for that man. So it's, uh, just incredible. I thank him for that. And, uh, That's it. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy 
bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or your renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Interesting question here uh, from Matthew. He wants to know, did Arn have a favorite or least favorite guest host for raw? Once upon a time, as a reminder, they used to bring in celebrities, mainstream names, and they would be the guest host of raw. And they had a lot of different folks, uh, William Shatner and Betty Davis, and Kevin Federline, and boy, they had a lot of silly ones, but there were probably some that were fun and, and you enjoyed and others that just for whatever reason, rubbed you the wrong way. You got anything? Bob Barker was tremendous. Yes, he was. He absolutely, you know, when the camera wasn't rolling, he was fit right in. He was having a great time and he was respectful of the business, but he, he was there. He got it. He was there just to have fun and, and he was having fun with the boys and, you know, it, it was, it was tremendous. Um, I think when Hollywood people come to our shows and their own raw or SmackDown or whatever the case may be, or WrestleMania, they're in a tough spot because our fans are there to see wrestlers and wrestling. Would you agree? Yeah. They don't like the Hollywood people coming in. They don't necessarily watch their shows. Uh, one, uh, that really stood out to me. I couldn't believe it. Uh, what is the guy? that is married to Sophia for for Gara. Is that her name? He's the young guy. He was on like the HBO thing. Uh, what was it? First blood played, uh, played like the werewolf. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Joe, whatever his name is. Joe Mag- Magnolia. Yeah. 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 Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Good jacked up handsome guy. Right. Yep. Got a smoking hot wife. <laughs> got a great career going for himself and they booed him out of the building in yeah. LA. I couldn't believe it. I went, come on guys, lighten up. This guy's got it going on apparently. And it's just, uh, they're going to get a tough shake. So I think probably all of them, you know, William Shatner's been around enough that he's got, he's part of the family, I guess by now recognized as being, cause he's been on the show several times. You ever meet Dennis Haskins, the Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell? He used to hang around at a lot of wrestling shows. Yes. Yes. God, what a nice man. He used to be sitting on the crates in LA in the back. When you would walk by, you had to go past him to get to the locker room. Always a congenial guy. And it was, you know, me, I'm a mark for everything. Anyway, I'm walking by and I catch him out of the corner of my eye and I went, damn, I know him. I know who that is. And he just stopped me. Before I got there, he went, hey, Art, da-da-da-da, so-and-so, so-and-so. Oh, okay. God, I knew I recognized that face. But, you're, you know, backstage in L.A., you're, you're liable to see anybody roaming around back there. It's yeah. Pretty cart, pretty much carte blanche. Conzi uh, wants to know, what's the uh, most played song on your uh, phone or MP3 player? It's a great question. Stairway to Heaven. Hmm. Led Zeppelin. I knew it would be Led Zeppelin, but I don't know that I would have picked that one. That's pretty cool though. It's calming 
on the whole front of it. And it ends kick ass and wide open. So if that's the thing you're going to listen to, I'll put it on like five minutes before I'm going to go to the gym on the, on the ride there. So that that last minute is just kicking ass. It gets your blood boiling before you walk in and work out. Serves its purpose. Uh, the head booker, Dr. Swift wants to know how do Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone treat you now that you have the best show on the Conrad podcast network? Oh, Tony still treats me like crap. Curses me at every opportunity. JR is the same, always respectful, funny, uh, glad to be where he is. Glad to see that I'm where I'm at. And, uh, that's about it, I guess. Uh, Neil wants to know, Arn, did you ever smell Vader's mask? I smelt him. I'm not sure what part of him it was, but it stanked. Leon was not one for washing his gear at night. Hate to say it about the fella, but I, I'm sure I'm not the first person to divulge this. The old rule of coming in from a show, and first thing you do is wash out your tights in the sink and hang them up so that they're clean the next day. He did not get the memo. And when it has sat all night in his bag, mm. whew. Uh, use a hoe. Wow, what a name. Wants to know. Oh, what'd, you call, what'd you call me? Uh, wow. You said I'm a hoe. Now I'm married forever. No hoe here. <laughs> That's Maybe. a t-shirt. No hoe here. Oh yeah. Instead of ho, 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 no ho here. Uh, who's got the second best spine buster in the business? Nobody. Thank you. Uh, Floyd sure. Digga wants to know who do you feel was the best television champion? If you couldn't include yourself. I believe you're the best TV champion, but not to say you, I would probably go with Booker T. It felt like he made that title mean something when it hadn't meant anything in a while. It's entirely possible. Booker would have been a great TV champion. I think Tully had that title back when everything was on fire, had a lot of success with it. Uh, William Regal was a good television champion. That would be my top three. I, I'm trying to, in my head, go back to the Booker, what period he had it. Do uh, you know off the top of your head, Conrad? When when what, Tully? What, what, no, no, a Booker. When Booker was a TV champion. Oh, yeah. Uh, not 97, 98, 98. Yeah. So that would have been a good period, too. But I had so much going on, I wasn't just able. I was very rarely uh, able to watch the show. So I was always ping, ping, pinging out, you know, in the back doing stuff. So, but I'm sure he had a good run with it. Tully would be my first choice. Let's do uh let's do another question about cash. Joe wants to know, what did you buy with your first wrestling check? <laughs> this is a little embarrassing. <clears throat> Let me say that I grew up with, uh, in my grandparents' home and we had not a modest home. It was a, I'm just going to say it and God bless them. It's not nothing to do with them. It was a shack. 
no air conditioning, no carpet, wood floors, uh, floor furnace, a um, couple of window fans to keep you from dying in the summertime. But it was also a home that sold after my grandmother passed away and I had to close up shop down there for all intents and purposes. That home sold for $8,500. What year was that? That would have been 80, um, 85 or 86. Wow. And it had a big yard. It had probably, uh, maybe a half acre. It just, it was what it was, it, but it was paid for. And my grandfather told me, you know, early on, Hey, you'll have this house and you guys, if something happens to me, you'll have this house. You know, nobody can take it. It's paid for Da 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 da. Okay. So I'm losing track here a little bit. What was the original question? What'd you buy with your first wrestling check? Well, okay. Yeah. So this house, which is very modest to say the least. But when I got my first big check and it was, uh, for Jim Crockett and it was when I originally went to Charlotte, I was there a couple of months. They said, totally, uh, not God, only and myself back down to Atlanta. And we worked a program with Manny and Thunderbolt Patterson. If you recall those days and we worked like Ohio, Michigan, West Virginia, that was a territory at one time. So Oli and I were working down there and I got my first check and it, not so good, not so good, not so good. Finally, we weren't down there very long. It was like eight weeks or something. They brought us back to Charlotte. And on the very first loop, I had the outdoor show at the stadium in Charlotte. Uh, was that the great, great American bash? Yes, sir. And I got my first check for the week following that. And it was three grand. There's never been a better time to go to SaveWithConrad.com than right now. We make saving money fast and easy, but don't take my word for it. Ask Frankie Kazarian in California. Wait, the Frankie Kazarian? Yeah, the Frankie Kazarian. You know, one half of the first ever AEW tag team champions as a part of SCU. Yeah, the Frankie Kazarian you see on TNT on AEW Dynamite every single Wednesday night. The Frankie Kazarian got hooked up at SaveWithConrad.com. He left us a five-star review and had this to say. Conrad, Jimmy, and the team were all beyond. Conrad, Jimmy, and the team were all beyond a delight to do business with. We wanted to do some major renovations and additions to our home that made this process incredibly easy and comfortable for us. They were always there to answer any questions we had and help us every step of the way. I cannot recommend them enough. Their professionalism is second to none, and they were a pleasure to do business with Frankie Kazarian. Well, thank you, Mr. Kazarian, for the five-star review. I hope you and the missus enjoy turning your house into your home. Frankie knew what to do. He went to SaveWithConrad.com. He told his old mortgage company, SCU Later. How about this? When you go to SaveWithConrad.com, you're going to realize that you're currently in the worst mortgage you've ever been in. SaveWithConrad.com can help, though. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And did I mention no house payments for two months? We're licensed in more than 40 states, and you don't need perfect credit. So if we can't save you cash, we won't waste your time. Find out how much money you can save right now for free, just like Frankie did, at SaveWithConrad.com.
the most money I had ever made or ever seen in my life. And so I still had to go back down to Rome to collect a few things to bring back to Charlotte. And while I was down there, I had the bright idea that I was Mick Jagger now. So I went and bought a brand new off the showroom floor, El Dorado Cadillac. <laughs> and buddy, was it live? It was uh, maroon, white interior. And I'm talking about sweet. So I pull up in front of my granny's house. I go in and I knock on the door. Granny, let me in, let me in. She always kept the doors locked. She unlocked the door. I said, come here. I want to show you something. Took her by the hand, walked her out there. She, I'm looking at her. She's looking at it. Flat line, no expression, nothing. Open door. I said, you know, and I was going to take her back to Charlotte with me. That was one of the things that I came to collect. Obviously, I was going to bring her back and move her in with me. And uh, I said, I thought you might want to ride back to Charlotte in style. And she looked at me and she looked at the car and she just said, take it back and turned and walked right back in the house. So what did I do? Took it back. Went back, got the car that I traded in, which was an 80, 84 sedan DeVille. And uh, I said, I'm going to be needing that. They gave you 24 hours to change your mind anyway. Mm. Took it back. I'll be needing that old Cadillac back. She ain't going for it. And she browbeat me the whole way to Charlotte. Son, you need to put that money in the bank. You just never know when it's going to be a rainy day. Now, why do you need a car like that? Why do you a pimp? And I just sold all the way to Charlotte. Boy, it sure was pretty for one night. I mean, the car was probably what? eighteen, nineteen thousand $19,000. No, believe it or not, it was it was like thirty two thousand. Holy cow! What year was this? This was lo- it was loaded. This was uh, eighty six. My goodness. Well, I mean, you got to look at the prices and uh, the eighty seven. I had the three hundred Mercedes. 87, it was like 37.5. If you're, if we're trying to figure out how pricing was in the day, man, that's something else. That's a nice car yeah, now. I mean, it, I mean, that you should have seen this. You would have loved this. Oh, yeah, dude. I can I just mean, picture it with, with that outfit, especially the colors, the maroon over the white, and knowing how you looked oh. in 85, 86, dude, you look like you were an extra from the movie Goodfellas. Oh yeah. Or, or, or a pimp or something. I mean, she accused me of what, you know, I don't think she knows what a pimp is. I was going to ask how many pimps were there in Rome, Georgia? feels like it would have been hard out there for a pimp. Furthermore, how would my granny have got knowledge of it? She didn't watch TV. <laughs> That's a great call. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great I'm, call. I mean, what the hell? She don't know what a pimp is. Just sounded good at the time in her promo. I don't know. It feels like to me, like the only pimping happened in Rome, Georgia is on farmersonly.com. I just, you know, <laughs> can't imagine there's a big downtown scene in Rome, Georgia with hookers no. at the point. Well, which is probably why that car, which, you know, 
was on the showroom floor. That was the feature vehicle. There's probably only room for one of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They saw me coming. I had that check in my back pocket. Shit. I thought I was damn Liberace or something. How much, uh, shit did they try to give you when you tried to take it back? Automodity. Some foreigner. Here's what will happen. Since you reneged on our contract, we'll take the car back and you'll have to continue taking the, the payments every month. I said, pal, did you just say that you're going to get the car back and I'm still going to have to pay for it? Well, in the agree, you broke our agreement. I said, I fixed it. Break your nose. Here's the keys. Give me my keys. I'm out of here. I think he cooled down. Somebody must have told him, Hey, that's that redneck Marty Lundy that lived here for a long time. He will hit you in the face of the beer mug. You might want to give him his keys. I don't know. It is funny though. All this time I had no idea that the iron Sheik used to sell Cadillacs. What? What? <laughs> you just said, Oh, Marty, it was your same iron Sheik voice. This was not the heart. I can't believe it. <laughs> These are two different people, Conrad. Damn it. They're not <laughs> interchangeable. But the voice. What I, do you mean? Chip shut. Oh, I God. She- I could do Sheik all day. He's awesome. <laughs> it would, feel free to answer any of these questions in the Sheik voice. It's over okay. for me. Okay. Uh, somebody who's not over for you, Seth Robinson, wants to know, why does Daniel Tosh hate you, and when are you going to make him pay? Part of that stick man. Daniel Tosh, he wants to talk about the Sheik or Ron Anderson. They cancel his show. He's a jabroni. That's best. Oh, God. So good. Uh, Joe wants to know, what was an average week's payoff in Pensacola? And did you feel like you were living well financially? Of course, this comes to us because you've talked about that was your favorite territory uh, and what a great quality of life you had when you just got to spend all day on the beach and you know, the car rides weren't bad. So your spot shows you could still be in your own bed every night. There's something to be said about that. But Joe wants to know, are you making any money? Yeah. And, and any, any guy that was not single at 25 or whatever I was 26, when I was down there living that had the intentions of saving money could have very easily saved money. I, for the first time, had lived eight minutes from the most beautiful beach on the planet. And I didn't have any bills other than paying half of the rent and utilities for Scott Armstrong's condo that we shared. I think it was the point, I think it was like around 100, believe this or not, about $150 a month was my share a month. I had a very small car payment, which was about 137 and then car insurance was a little more and that was it. And I was making not so much at first, but after I'd been there a few months, I was making somewhere in that mm, six to $900 a week. But now this was in 84. Okay. Hey. I paid my bills. I had a couple of hundred bucks in my pocket to spend access to the beach every single day. 
had a, uh, we had a bartender, young lady that was at the 2001 named Jackie that was pouring us crown and seven on bar drink night when it was supposed to be the rock gut stuff. We're drinking crown Royal for a quarter, a pop glass. Whoa. I almost killed the gimmick here, but yay deep in crown, but yay deep in water. So we were cool on Wednesday night. I wasn't making a fortune, but I was having the time of my life. And there was never a day that I was broke. I would almost run out some days before payday, but man, time of my life. The most hated jeweler in America makes holiday shopping easy. Steven Singer has the perfect gift for that special someone who's the center of your universe. The one who your whole world revolves around that person. Who's the star of your love story. Show her. It's her with Steven's brand new exclusive star of love diamond necklace. Picture it, a star necklace covered in real sparkling diamonds with an open heart in the center. This beautiful necklace is just $128 plus fast and free shipping in time for Christmas. Great jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. You can trust Steven singer is not in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. It's easy. Go now to I hate and click on the star of love diamond necklace. Steven's real expert jewelers are available seven days a week to help you in his showroom at the other corner of the eighth and Walnut in Philly by appointment only or through email chat, phone text, or virtual video appointments, real jewelry, real experts for your real love. That's I hate whether you own or rent Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to Geico.com today. It, that puts a lot of perspective. I hope for a lot of folks, because you know, very rarely do we get on here and have a question that says, Hey, Arn, what match did you make the most by the minute? No, they want to know what was your favorite match? What were your favorite memories? And nobody ever calls you up. If you're you know, in a sales job and says, Hey man, how much to make on that Griswold commission? Nobody cares that, that that's not, what's going to leave the impression, but it is uh, fun to sort of have the, uh, the context of what your quality of life was like back then. You know, maybe you're not a, a huge TV star yet. Maybe you don't have t-shirts and action figures. Maybe you're not a multi, multi, multi-millionaire like you are these days, but you woke up on the beach every day and, uh, we're living your dream and having fun. There's something to be said about that. Is there an account that I don't know something about? Yes, but I've said too much. Uh, Michael Eldridge wants to know Alrighty. <laughs> what would have been Ard's name if he worked for the York foundation. Uh, this is kind of fun because, uh, I guess the, the, the fun part of this is Alexandria York would use a computer printout to devise a strategy to win. And we know how well Arn gets along with technologies in 2020. So imagine what that would have been like in 1990. Um, catch me up though. We saw Ricky Morton become Richard Morton. We saw Terry Taylor become Terrence Taylor. What would Arn Anderson have been? If we're including technology as a variable and all that, my name would have been dip shit. <laughs> and it would have been miss York would have said, Hey, tell the ball guy he's on. He says, I'm sure he don't have his computer on. I mean, it's gotta be Arnold Dipshit Anderson, right? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I would have walked in that crew dead last in stroke. I'm sure. Right. 
let's, uh, let's piss some people off. Drew Landry wants to know when Tully joined the WWE as an agent and was confronted by JBL and that led to Tully swiftly quitting. Were you there for that? You know, of all things and a lot of, a lot of this stuff, you know, when I say I don't remember to recall it or something, it's cause I wasn't there. I just had to be off. I was off that week. Damn it. Mm. I didn't get to see any of that. It's just, that's the reason they brought him in that week was, you know, okay, we'll have an extra hand because Orange taking vacation that week. I see. It wasn't meant that I was going to be off or planned for me to be off, but I just heard all the story secondhand, and I guess there was heat back from when JBL first started, I guess, in the business and had a conversation with Tully and felt like some way he had been slighted. I'm not sure of the exact story. You might know it. Well, I think the deal was, you know, when JBL was breaking in, uh, through the territory days, way back when, uh, Blanchard was, was pretty rough on him and treated him like shit. And so now when Blanchard comes on as an agent, after years of being outside of the business, JBL's now one of the top guys and he never forgot. And he's waiting to uh, give him an earful. And at different times, we've all heard stories about John doing that. Uh, I can only speak to how John's always been to me. Uh, but I met him through Bruce and he's big friends with Bruce. So John was always super fun with me. And I've, mean, I've had super pleasant experiences with Tully too. Uh, I, I had Tully at multiple star casts and man, he was like a dream to work with. So if, and when the world gets back to normal and you're thinking about, should we, or shouldn't we book Tully Blanchard? The answer is yes. Uh, you will not meet a more professional guy. Who's going to do more for the fans. He's just a class act. So. To see these guys go at it uh, and have some disagreements, knowing what we know about them, the sort of darker side of their personalities, I would imagine that could have been a pretty combustible moment. But Tully eventually throws his hands up and says, Nope, I'm done with this shit. I'm out of here. You're friends with both guys. Uh, what was Tully's report to you after the fact? You know, we've never talked about it. Uh, Tully is not the guy that he was. Right. You know, and when he was, you know, his dad owned his own territory and all that. I can only imagine who that Tully would have been at that time. He would have probably been pretty cocky. He was pretty cocky, you know, when we were partners. And, uh, you know, I had a big mouth too. You know, I'm sure we both said a lot of things that probably be outside of the locker room environment would have been, hey, what the hell's the matter with those two assholes? So, you know, we've all been there. I know John, you know, a lot of John is huff and puff and blow the house down. Right. He's not as vicious a prick as, as some of the stories have labeled him as, but he will pick it guys. And he will pick it, you know, guys, he's a little bit old school in the fact that if you're going to be in our business, you might should earn your way in. So writers would be in the crosshairs. You know what I'm saying? Guys that come get, get in the business too easy and, you know, don't respect the fact that they made it to that company and, and treat it properly. He's probably leans on those people pretty heavy too. Um, but I think it was just one of those things that it, it had been percolating in Bradshaw for a long time and he had to get it out. I don't know if the work environment's the place to do it, but who knows? Was it there? Don't know the conversation but everybody lived through it. So there <laughs> yeah. we are. There e you are. Everybody did live through it. Michael Eldridge wants to know, was Arn sad that Jim Crockett promotions went out of business? 
Yep. If he'd have made a couple of the right decisions, he'd still be in business. I guess the, the gist of the question is knowing that you and he disagreed on payoffs and ultimately had a, a pretty major falling out one that, uh, essentially had you wind up working for Vince. Was it still, was it bittersweet, you know, a little bit when, when that all comes to a close and, and Turner buys it out or were you inside going, all right, serves him right. I'd have never left him Conrad here to treat me the right way. At the very end, when it was the most important, I'd have never left him. Totally would have never left him. Uh, fight just real briefly, other than the personal things that caused us to go over the edge and, and leave and, you know, make that decision to get out of there. If you back way up, and I knew it at the time, when the company purchased Kansas City Territory, and purchased Bill Watts territory. It was right. Then was the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. They had overextended themselves. And what did they really buy? <coughs> right. Dead. TV slots. It was dead territory. Yeah. Kansas city had been long dead and buried. Bill Watts territory dead and buried with TBS. We could have went in there and just ran it anyway off of TBS. And ran all of those towns. There was nothing to buy. But Jim Crockett, in those days, there was like this bond between the NWA promoters. If you went in and ran a town that was another company's, you know, or another territory's town, there was a kickback to the people that owned that territory. If you ran their town, they got part of the gate. You know, it was an understood deal, and there was this bond between those guys. So Jimmy felt like he had to pay Watts, and I don't know if it was Bob Geigel or who who he paid for Kansas City, but he paid, we heard stories of of millions of dollars that he spent to buy nothing. Right. That was the biggest mistake and the downfall of Jim Crockett Promotions when he purchased those darn money costs. All those guys had to move out there especially Kansas city. They all moved out there. They weren't making any money. It was like start. It was a startup wrestling company. Right. And, um, it wasn't the 18, no disrespect to anybody they sent out there, but you look at the cards, it was a B town B card and the fans knew it because they would see the advertisement on TBS. You remember tonight in Orlando, Florida, also, Sumter, South Carolina, you know, all those advertisements that, that went down on TBS, they knew they weren't getting the A product. And that was, I think, the beginning of, of the end of Jim Crockett. But no, I didn't take any gratification. When he closed, I knew it was the end of an era and it was the greatest time business-wise that I'd ever had. You know, I'd bought a home. I'd furnished it. I'd had a child, had a couple of nice cars sitting out in the driveway, and my wife was was able to fix that house up like she wanted, even though it was just a, another small house. It was something we could afford, and you know, life was good for me in those three years, and it kind of started me into uh, success and and man, my manhood, everything was achieved. My ability as a talent was groomed during that period. It is pretty remarkable and puts it all in context. When you say that too, those three years, 
because that's what it was 85 to 86 86 to 87 and of course 87 to 88 and then you're out of there man you talk about what an impact it made because here we are all these years later still talking about it so fondly it's 36 months i mean we talk about wwe from 2017 to now and that doesn't seem like any time at all that seems like yesterday but three years that's the extent of your crockett run but you got to remember too that was every day seven days a week right which put makes those three years a lot bigger I don't, I don't mean to, uh, to beat a dead horse here, but we, we have talked about, you know, the payoff from, from Crockett and obviously you took that personally as, as become as a, it's become a famous meme from Michael Jordan this year. But now that we know more about the real financial circumstance of the Crockett's and that they were about to be bankrupt themselves. I mean, they were looking for a major lifeline just to keep from filing bankruptcy because they had overextended themselves way too much. Do you give Crockett any leeway that it wasn't necessarily, and you may disagree, but from my perspective, he didn't have a choice. He probably would have loved to have paid you more, but there just wasn't any money. I don't think this is a story like, you know, earlier this year, people were critical of WWE laying off a bunch of folks when they're having the most profitable year. That was not the circumstance for Crockett in 88. Uh, he's fighting for his life. He's about to lose his company. He's about to maybe face bankruptcy. So when he doesn't pay you, it's not a matter of, well, I got the cash. I'm just not going to give it to Marty. It's a matter of, he probably just didn't have it. Do you agree? Who's Marty? Oh, sorry. Mr. Oh, oh, uh, Mr. Oh, Anderson. Oh, that's me. Uh, the mistake he made was coming to me, grabbing me by the wrist. You got a minute and taking me in the shit house hmm. and saying, are you been a real soldier? You've been one of my top guys. You've worked your ass off. I want to reward you. I'm going to pay you 25 grand on this coming pay from you. I don't know that that's ever happened in history. Before or since, I never heard of it where a promoter takes you in and just volunteers without me saying a word to him, totally unsolicited. This is what we're going to pay you. I went home and told my wife that. And once our jaws got off the ground, can you imagine what went through her head along as mine? You know how much money that is to us, and especially at that time? Right. He set us up for the biggest letdown financially of our life. We've never been that disappointed about anything else because Jim Crockett said it. He volunteered it. It must be true. And then to not give it to you is bullshit. If he had never said anything, right. I would have looked at that payoff that I got and went down. Oh, that's pretty damn good payoff. Right. That'd be in half of it. That was the mistake that he made with me. He set me up for a huge fall that was unnecessary because he had to know by then it was going to be hit and missed. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wished for gift of the year, Manscaped. The best in men's below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs 
with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. And let me tell you, nobody's going to want to perform anything with you if you got those old man nose hairs, those old man ear hairs. And I got to tell you, this ear hair thing has really been something that I've noticed for the first time in my life in the more recent years. I don't know how it happens, but dude, Manscaped has changed my life. Actually, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you this, but I keep it by my recliner. I just throw that thing in there and knock it out. It's awesome. Uh, now, I also want to mention the nose hair deal. I know some of you personally are getting you one of these for Christmas. I'm trying to have a conversation with you and I can't take your ass seriously because every time you talk, it's like Willow the Wisp just waving at me. It's stupid and gross. But you're in luck because the Manscaped Perfect Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and it makes the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says your balls will thank you with the most sought after gadgets and scents a person could find inside. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker. It's the ear and nose hair trimmer I was telling you about. It's waterproof. It's got a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. that's going to prove your nose hair ain't shit. And look guys, 79% of partners hold admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Duh. Nobody wants you on top of them wearing it out. Got that fucking nose hair weaving back and forth. Why not use the best tools out there for the job? This bundle also includes the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's the best trimmer on the market for your balls, for your butthole, for your body. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this and the women are going to love you for it. I don't know why they want to do the things they want to do, but I know when it's been manscaped, they like doing it a little more. Tis the season to manscape. So go get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, even your coworkers. Might want to think about that one. The best gift of all the manscaped performance package. And let's not forget their famous liquidation formidations. That's right. Liquidation. I made that shit up just like they made up the crop preserver, ball deodorant, ball deodorant. We've all known a time or two where we probably could use some of that. How about the crop reviver? This is a game changer for Eric Bischoff. You can just tell by looking at him. He's got old man, saggy balls, uh, but he's doing better than ever. Thanks to the crop reviver. It's going to maximize his hygiene in his ball routine. Also get that performance package now to receive two free gifts. We're talking manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag. Their performance package really is the best value that Manscaped has to offer. And baby, it's hot off the shelves. Right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code ARN. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. What? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ARN at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the promo code ARN. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Make Santa proud. You'd be glad you did. That's manscaped.com and the promo code is on. Now, I don't know when that conversation had, but I think what uh, was had, but I think we're still talking about Starcade 87, the pay-per-view that Vince McMahon single-handedly torpedoed, right? For some reason, I want to think it was the one that was the pay-per-view that we had in, uh, up in New York. Oh, so it was the bunkhouse deal, which he again, counter-programmed with the Royal rumble for free on USA. Uh, my, my point is I think in order to be and, and listen, we're going to get beat up about this no matter what, but I'm glad we're having the discussion. We'll get to more questions uh, later or in two weeks, because this is good stuff, but hypothetically, I think in order to be a promoter, you've got to be an optimist. 
Like there aren't pessimistic promoters because if you're a negative promoter, you'd never put your own money on the line and hope that people are going to come. You'd come up with all the reasons it wouldn't work and you'd never run a show. So you've got to be a bit of an optimist. And I just assume that after he felt like if it was the bunkhouse show, okay, Vince got over on me on this Starcade show, totally killed my pay-per-view, but now I know the pay-per-view companies are on my side. They're not letting him pull that bull. And I'm going to get to run my real pay-per-view show in January unopposed. And then of course he got backdoored and Vince gave away the Royal rumble, invented the Royal rumble, and then gave it away for free on the USA network to torpedo the second straight pay-per-view. He's probably at a loss for, uh, you know, how do I, how do I turn a profit here? I mean, clearly he's about to lose his company too. I just. I wonder when that conversation was had, if he knew he was going to be counter-programmed, if he really was well-intentioned and best-intentioned, and then the money just wasn't there. Not because the show wasn't interesting or wasn't good, or he didn't have his best efforts, but because Vince McMahon counter-programmed him and once again had that trump card of, oh, you got a pay show? Well, I'll do a free one, same time. Let's see who wins. Okay. All he would have had to have done again, like I said, I would have never left him come to me, say, I spoke too soon. Let me tell you what happened. He didn't do that. You're saying no. Okay. Well, that's the difference. If we're going to be transparent and you're going to be forthright and you can come have a conversation and say, no, Aaron, when we talked, this is what I had in mind. Here's what Vince has done to us. Here was my projection. Here's what it actually was. I want to take care of you as best I can, but there's just, there's nothing left here. Please stick with me. Yeah. If he would have said, please stick with me. I gave him three years of my life, Conrad, and there's not a day, uh, 336 days, you know, was a count maybe in 86 or 87 of days. That doesn't mean matches. We had two matches on Saturday, sometimes two on Sunday. I don't know how many matches, but. You know, I gave that company everything I had and was part of the most successful thing that they, they've ever had yep. in their existence. They can hang their hat on the full horseman, period. Forget all the other stars. Will you, will you just take that alone? You know, we made our contribution and we went out there every single night and busted our ass. No questions asked. Whatever you needed, we were there a five minute conversation like you just laid out and I would have never left. Do you think, you know, and listen, this is a, a Vinceism, but we've heard from Bruce over the years on his pod, something to wrestle that Vince never lets them see any, never let them see you sweat. Don't sell it, pal. So if business is bad and you know, the XFL just lost billions of dollars, he's at work the next day doing what he would normally do. Like nothing happened. Do you think part of being a promoter is you don't focus on the negativity and maybe to sit down and admit he was, he was licked by Vince McMahon to you just wasn't in him. Or do you think, did you take it as just, and I think this is normal, incredibly disrespectful that you say one thing and then you do another and there's no explanation. So even if you could sort of put two and two together, if he doesn't, if he's not man enough to come explain that to me or doesn't think that I deserve that, I'm out of here. 
per the conversation that he had to set it up when he told me what he was going to give me. Yeah. He got the most personal with me that he had ever gotten. Jimmy, if you've been around him is just stoic. Mm-hmm. You, you, I never got to know Jimmy Crockett. I don't think anybody that worked for him got to know him with the exception of Dusty and Rick. Yeah. You know, the, the, the real Jimmy Crockett. Uh, the fact that he didn't offer me a word after bringing me in and setting me up, I just felt like it wasn't worth his time to have to explain himself. Now, the guy that he said he had to have, please stay with him. I'm rewarding you for all your all these years of, 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 you know, faithful service. It went from that to just not having the time or inclination to take five minutes and tell me what happened. And I damn sure wasn't going to go him to him and ask. Right. I just said, okay, if that's the way it really shook out and that's where I'm at on the priority list. Adios. It's a shame that ego tore it down like that. You know, since we're so deep in the weeds on this one topic, You've, you've told the story before when you, you go in and give notice in Philadelphia, you and Tully do after you've just met with Vince, you're going to drop the belts to the midnights and, and you communicate that to dusty and it was like water off a duck's back to dusty. You looked up to dusty, you'd done big business with him, but dusty probably knows, Hey, we're in a bad spot financially here. He's probably more plugged into that than you are. And he's also been in a pretty heated on screen. And even though it's not popular to talk about a behind the scenes rivalry and feud with, uh, Ric Flair ego is a big part of our business. Of course, your business, as they say, chat me up. Did you feel like when dusty doesn't have a bigger response that you had certainly made the right decision? I mean, he knew Jimmy, but you didn't feel comfortable enough, even though you had worked with him and trusted your body with him. You didn't feel comfortable enough to just sit down and have a conversation about, Hey man, here's what's going on. They told me it was going to be this. And now it's that what's the real deal. What's what's Jim, what's going on with Jimmy. You, you couldn't really have that type of conversation with dusty at the time because of your relationship with Rick and his trained relationship with Rick, or what was the dynamic there with you and dusty when you do give notice? No, that, their relationship had nothing to do with it. And by the way, it's our business. Now you've earned your way in kiddo. You can now say it's our business, not your business. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but JBL hadn't hazed me yet. So I don't know that I'm official. That's a joke. Is that, <laughs> no, I'm just sitting here in horror of what he had in mind. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'll just, no, keep- no, I don't either. <laughs> so if you get through it and everything somehow down the road, months away, you live, <laughs> let me know what happened. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save Geico.com easy. Um, I did respect dusty and I was a fan of dusty's and I was a mark for dusty and dusty till the day he died was a big star in my eyes. And he had, you know, the fact is dusty bought me in. He booked me. He kept me booked. He wrote my name down and all those a towns. He was responsible, responsible for me making the living that I made, which was damn good. Those three years I was at Crockett, uh, 
more than my wildest dreams. A guy from Rome, Georgia should never make that much money. Even though a lot of guys were making a lot more, I was not lost on the fact that, hey, what are you worth out there in the, in the real market? Not a whole hell of a lot, but you're doing pretty damn good here. Um, the reason I think Dusty had to play hands off is when we did put in our notice. I'm not sure he was 100% that, you know, that night we were going to do what we're going to do, but I'm not sure that after we slept on it, we wouldn't be there the next day and have a conversation with him and go, Hey, maybe we were a little hasty, pretty good spot. We're walking out on, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Didn't suck. Um, but I think he had to back Jimmy. He had to be strong in the face of unity with Jimmy. I think they couldn't let the other talent know that it even bothered them that we had left the company because if they overreacted, what does that make the other talent feel about how they're perceived? Right. I think you slight them if he would have overreacted. So I think he handled it in a nonchalant way. Hey, it was probably something like, Hey baby, I'll make more stars. And he meant that he meant he would as it shook out and time, time pretty much told the story. It's not that easy to, Replaced Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. No, it is not. Uh, so uh, everybody acted appropriately to what they had to do business-wise. And uh, like I said, the fix could have been very simple. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of it and we got to talk about it in more long form. I, um, I've always been fascinated by that horseman run and that, that Crockett run that you had. And I don't know, it just, it feels like it was a lot longer than three years. And it sort of knocks my socks off to hear you just casually mention that, but you're exactly right. And then to know that it all came to an end based on, you know, essentially, and I, you know, I've never talked to, to Mr. Crockett about that, but it feels like it came down to just ego. If he would have just been honest and said, Hey man, I want to, but I can't. And here's why. Maybe we could have kept the band together and it would have been pretty interesting to see what 1989 looked like for you guys there. Um, not just your side, but the Tully thing. I mean, can you imagine not to armchair quarterback, but his, you know, when he leaves his life is never the same ever again. Like his career trajectory changed forever and you know, a series of events got us there, but leaving was probably step one in that direction. Right. Yep. Yeah. I would suggest because it eliminates your options. When you leave there, you can't turn around and go right back. Even if they would have stayed in business, you can't go back there, you know, leaving under those circumstances. It's like, it's like when I left, uh, uh, WWF at the time, and I went in to have my first meeting with Jim Hurd, and he, you know, he said, if you're not happy with your, you know, I understand, I'm going to cut your money. Da, 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 da. If you, I understand, or if you're not happy, you want to go back to Vince. That alone tells me it speaks volumes. He doesn't understand our business. I can't turn around and go back to Vince and went, well, I worked a 90 day notice and did all that, and, you know, left you, but uh, uh, I've changed my mind. Can I come back? That don't happen. Right. Oh, yes. Well, you had a change of heart. We'll welcome you back with open arms. 
I'd have been putting the guy that sweeps up the hot dog wrappers at 2 a.m. in the arenas, I'd have been putting him over two straight on TV. That's how you fix that. So when Tully and I left, that eliminated one option of him going back to, because when we left, we didn't know if they were going to file bankruptcy, they were going to be bought. We didn't know what it was going to become. Uh, maybe another option. They're going to get a bailout of some sort. Who knows? But, you know, during those that particular time, there wasn't a lot of places you could go and make the money we were making. You know, it, it was uh, – and, and Jimmy Crockett could have taken this stance too, Conrad, because I know the how the business world is. If he would have looked at me and went, hey, aren't Jesus Christ, you know, you know how much money you made the last three years? You know how much you made a year? You know, don't you consider that, you know, treating you right? He could have went that slant. I wouldn't have had a leg to stand on. It's the way he handled it. Because every dime of that money I earned, and that would have been my retort. Hey, yeah, I know how much I made. Also know I earned every dime, every dime of it. Yep. Uh, so don't hit me with that bullshit. Uh, we earned our money. And um, it's just one of those things. And it was... Uh, like you said with Tully, man, it was the beginning of the end virtually of his time in the business. It's, it's so crazy to think too. I mean, just recently, Tony Schiavone and I sat down and watched that dreaded heroes of wrestling pay-per-view for Mississippi at 99 and Tully worked with Stan Lane there and Tully was in as good a shape as he ever was before and cut a promo beforehand that had to be one of the best promos of the year in, in 1999. And this is a guy who had been out of the business for years at that point. And it all changed. It's just, it's such a weird story that, that Tully has. And it really is a shame because this is a guy who was a major player inside and outside the ring and his career was cut short, but we can see him every week now on Wednesday nights on AEW, and we hope you guys are tuning in every week, not only to see Tully, not only to see Arn, but to see JR and Tony and all of our friends here. Uh, we're having a lot of fun with this show, and uh, man, we're, we're home stretching to Christmas. And I'm excited that we got to do these shows this year, Arn. A, a lot of people were really counting on us to get them through a tough time. It's been a challenging year for a lot of people, and we've been a fun escape. But if I'm honest with you, it's been a fun escape for me this year, just talking old wrestling with you. And you as well, my friend, you become a, a good friend of mine. One of my best, to be honest with you. One thing I meant to do on the last taping we had, and I forgot to do, and this is not me shilling because that's not what I do, but there's some folks at Muggsy Jeans oh, that, yeah. a guy, that a guy like you, and a guy like me, let's just face it, as we get a little older, we're just a small, small touch rotund. <laughs> Fair. I'm going to tell tell the truth. Yes, sir. Accurate. They, they sent me a couple of pair of the most comfortable jeans you've ever imagined. They're those stretch jeans, not skinny jeans, stretch jeans. I got you. For, God, for guys, you know, like me and you, they got to go follow our wife around the mall occasionally and walk and, and do some things and be mobile and get around and do all that. They're the most comfortable things in the world. And I just wanted to thank them for sending them to me. Well, you got to get you a couple pair of them. They're awesome. It's like pajamas. And by the way, this is not a commercial. This is our just putting over a brand. He really likes It's funny because I forgot to mention it too, but when you first got them, 
you sent me a text and you said, what do you know about Muggsy? And I thought you meant like Bogues, you know, like the basketball player. And you're like, no jeans, Nimrod. These are awesome. So yeah. Right. Shout out from Arn here for Muggsy jeans. Appreciate whoever's listening, listening and, and hooking up the enforcer with the most comfortable jeans he needs when he's, uh, thinking about spine busters in the mall. Hey, or Hey, you never know on a show when I, that may come up and I need to have something I can move in. If I happen to have them on, I'm good. <laughs> Worst thing in the world. You had a spine buster and bust the ass out of your pants. Going to lose a little intensity there. I think that would be hilarious. Uh, I think it's happened to, uh, <sighs> a friend of the show, Mr. Rory Fox before. Listen, this was fun. Uh, we got a little sidetracked on Jim Crockett stuff, but it was a lot of fun to do. And we hope you'll be back with us next week. Uh, we're going to be covering TLC 2015, which was quite the show. Uh, there's a lot to unpack about 2015 WWE. There's lots of guys who are no longer there who are on that card, but it was a pretty good show. So watch it and then check us out here next week. It's every Tuesday. It's Arn. Attention Arn show fans. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for your exclusive chance to get a sneak peek of our upcoming episodes and some other bonus content you can't find anywhere else, but perhaps best of all, we've even got a lot of giveaways coming your way. It's all available right now for free. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button over at youtube.com forward slash the orange show, and be sure to check out the shirts over at orange There are classic designs along with the inside jokes from the show, plus tons of gimmicks over at boxofgimmicks.com. Like now we offer kid and youth sizes in both shirts and hoodies. Both you and your kid can match while you're representing double a enforcer. There's lots of different ways to support the show and be a part of the Arn community. So one more time, check it out. Hit the subscribe button and the like button right now over at youtube.com forward slash the Arn show. And don't forget to check out all the swag over at boxofgimmicks.com and arnshirts.com. And if you're an advertiser who would like to hear Arn Anderson brag about your business here on the show, it's easy. Just go to advertisewithconrad.com right now. I'll be glad you did. The most hated jeweler in America is excited to introduce you to someone very special. She's beautiful, classy, and she's brilliant. She will dazzle you. People can't stop staring at her. Meet Krista. She's easy. Wait, what? Krista is Steven Singer's most loved engagement ring and takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, 100% eye flawless, near colorless, high quality, round, brilliant cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany setting that will withstand the test of time. Krista is available. She's ready for love and ready to meet you. Steven Singer isn't in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. This magnificent full one carat round, brilliant cut diamond is only 3198. Real jewelry doesn't have to be expensive, plus free shipping and 12 months interest-free financing. Steven's showroom is open by appointment only, or go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on the Krista Ready for Love Engagement Ring. Steven Singer Jewelers, real jewelry, real experts, for your real love. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, before we get out of here, I want to remind you, don't put Christmas on a credit card. Instead, get rid of all that credit card debt right now, once and for all, and even skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. It really is that simple. In just about 10 minutes, we're going to show you how much you can save for free. It's no cost, no obligation, and if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. 
but we're licensed in more than 40 states and ready to hook you up. Go check out our five-star reviews over at SaveWithConrad.com, and then get a quick quote and find out how much money you can save for free. We've helped thousands of our podcast listeners, just like you, save their family tens of thousands of dollars, 50, 60, 70, 80, even a hundred thousand bucks you could save. And it just takes about 10 minutes to get started right now at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. You know what to do. Go to SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.